Welcome to the Cybersecurity Guide podcast. My name is Steve Bocut, and I am a writer and editor for Cybersecurity Guide. I will be your host for today's podcast episode. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your listening. We have a fascinating guest. Our guest today is Colorado State University professor Indraksha Ray. Am I saying that right? Indraksha? Indraksha, yeah. Indrakshi. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Ray. Uh, we're going to be just discussing Dr. Ray's work as well as the cybersecurity educational opportunities that students could find at Colorado State University. So before we get into that, let me tell you a little, a little, bit, a little bit about um, Dr. Ray. Indrakshi Ray is a professor working in the general area of cybersecurity. Her research includes data and application security, software security, network and operating system security, and cyber physical system security. She is the director of the Colorado Center for Cybersecurity, and she's the site director of the National Science Foundation's Industry University Cooperative Research Centers Program. Center for Cybersecurity Analytics and Automation. So with that, welcome Professor Ray. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, thank you for having me. Okay, well, um, a few questions that I wanna ask you and uh, as we've discussed, the, the objective here is to um, let students, either, either students just entering college or maybe even mid-career uh, mid professionals that are thinking about the cybersecurity industry uh, kind of give them an idea of what to expect, and specifically, as we'll get to what the opportunities are at uh, CSU. So first of all, let's talk about how you got to where you're at. Uh, that's a pretty impressive resume, and that's just a condensed version of your resume that I read. So tell us what got you first interested in cybersecurity and kind of what was your path to getting to where you're at? So thank you for the compliment. So, you know, I was uh, doing my PhD at um, George Mason University, mm -hmm. which is close to Washington, D.C. And uh, this was in the mid-1990s. And um, my research area was on, uh, uh, it was at the intersection of uh, software engineering and uh, databases. Okay. And by virtue of being in George, at George Mason University, you know, there was a lot of, uh, lot of, you know, research grants and research happening at George Mason, which touched upon cybersecurity. Okay. And some of the most pioneering works in cybersecurity, you know, back then, especially in data and application security happened at George Mason. So you sort of got drawn inside this, uh, you know, circle, so to say. And uh, so, as I was saying that I was working on a problem and I found that the solution can also be applied to a cybersecurity problem. And, and you know, that is how I sort of got uh, started in this area. And I presented my research in the topmost, you know, cybersecurity venue um, conference, which was uh, IEEE Symposium on Security and Privacy. And I was very nervous because, you know, it was my first formal talk and immediately after that you know I was hired uh, you know uh, job positions and so of course I didn't take any because I was you know bent on completing my PhD and then after um, completing my uh, PhD I uh, started working in as an assistant professor at University of Michigan Dearborn and this was you know in the late 90s and at that time 
you know, electronic commerce was electronic commerce, electronic voting, we were hearing these buzzwords. Mm -hmm. And then looking at these problems, I thought that, you know, the problems as they exist right now, you know, they cannot be applied actually because there are security issues. So you start from, with a kind of like an engineering approach. Okay, if I have to accommodate these security constraints, you know, how does my, how will my solution look like? And then I sort of, you know, got into, um, you know, uh, in in more deeper in the, in the area of, you know, security protocols. And, uh, you know, this was, of course, uh, ended with this was the funding from the National Science Foundation, you know, which gave us some funding to do work on, uh, you know, electronic commerce and electronic voting. And that sort of, you know, propelled my career in cybersecurity. That's fascinating. I, I never would have guessed that. So in my mind, I was envisioning a, a high school girl who said, oh, I, I really want to be a pen tester. And there goes your career in cybersecurity. No. But, but you didn't really even start thinking about cybersecurity no. until you're working on your PhD. Exactly. That's fascinating. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that background. Um, so is there any research that you're currently working on that uh, our audience might find interesting? Actually, I'm working on a number of uh, research, uh, you know, areas, and I'm almost sure all of which your audience will find information, uh, uh, will find very fascinating, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let me start with some of the most popular ones. You know, I'm working on misinformation detection, Ooh, you know, like okay. you know, identifying misinformation. That's a that's a big to topic, right? That's now. a big topic, right? <laughs> uh, identifying misinformation in Twitter data. So, um, and, uh, you know, first of all, you know, like um, you're looking at Twitter data and, uh, you know, it appears uh, quite authentic. It, it will appear more authentic because when you have a website, a reputable website, you know, link to a reputable website, you know, associated with it, right? Now sure. you'll think, okay, whatever claim that this author is making, you know, is backed by this, you know, link to the news article. Right. You know, at least we've checked at least 1% of those, the news article have nothing to do nothing with Nothing to do with it? Oh, with that's, that's terrible. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so, it, it, uh, so then, you know, how do we detect misinformation? How do misinformation spread, you know? Uh, who are the influencers? And, you know, do they use different types of languages? So we are looking, you know, deep into those kind of, uh, you know, things actually. So, uh, so that is one of my current research area. Another, How would you expect that that research will be published or that, I mean, the, the results of that would be fascinating for many of us. So how would we, yes, yes. How would we find actually, out the results of that? Uh, you know, like, um, you know, we have a website, Raise Cyber Lab, where we, but typically I try to publish my, uh, our results in, you know, reputable journals and conferences, okay. you know, on the related field and, you know, try to give them links through my website. And uh, these days, what the, ACM, which is Association of Computing Machinery, what it does is that they feel that some pa papers are very impactful, so they try to explain the work in more, you know, user-friendly form, so only mm -hmm. the very of the best papers get selected for that, and, you know, our misinformation paper actually falls in that category, so it oh. was very uh, good to see. So that is one area. Mm -hmm. I'm also working on uh, problems of phishing detection. Phishing means like, you know, all of us, um, 
we are uh, sort of, you know, we get uh, emails, okay, and emails yeah. or text messages, clicking, click on the link, and then, you know, they, you go to a rogue website, and, you know, you enter all your sensitive information, and suddenly you find your bank account depleted. Right. So now the question is, how do we detect, you know, that some site is website is phishing, and some one is, you know, genuine. So we are doing some work along those lines. And um, it appears that, um, you know, um, and uh, so there is, uh, and we've done quite a substantial amount of work um, along that area. Like, you know, we go into the phishing website uh, and we are using machine learning actually to distinguish between, you know, which are good and which are bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is uh, another of, uh, you know, work that we are kind of doing actually. Could and the some... could the end result of that research be like an application that I would have on my phone so that yes. when I get this email or that text message, I could use that app to help me exactly. determine how safe that is? Exactly. Well, that, would be, that would be very useful. Yes. And these days, the browsers give you some of the, uh, you know, some of these capabilities and we are trying to investigate whether, you know, like whether there are, you know, whether, whether we can do better, actually, whether, whether yeah. we can be better. And, you know, since you want it installed in your local machines and phones, so we want it to be not very high powered machine learning. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, and that brings us like, you know, we are trying to, uh, so, so th that's also very, one of our more uh, fascinating projects, actually. Mm -hmm. And then that brings us to, you know, another very theoretical work that, you know, we have these machine learning algorithms that are using up so much resources, you know, can we come up with lightweight machine learning algorithms, which can achieve the similar kind of results? Mm. Uh, so that's more because, you know, our research is mostly student driven and some students are very interested in deep theory. Some are interested in, you know, the good thing about working in cybersecurity uh, field is that you have a problem for everyone. You have a problem yeah. for all kinds <laughs> of students, Isn't that actually. true, right? It is so interdisciplinary. Yeah. So that's that. And then I'm also working on access control. Like, you know, uh, right now, all the policies we see it in English language from these policies, how can we come up with formal, uh, you know, authorization models, you know, so using natural language processing. We are also working into how to make our critical infrastructure, such as the transportation and energy secure. And, you know, what are the interplay of these different critical infrastructure and how, uh, you know, how can we detect attacks and, you know, um, and make systems not, uh, you know, security proof. It's like more cyber resiliency, knowing that mm -hmm. attacks will occur, that systems will not cripple down. They will continue to function, maybe at a diminished uh, level until the system gets backed up. So we are also doing some work along uh, those, uh, those areas of all. And, uh, you know, and also typical the information security, we are still working on those problems. And the one of the most fascinating things that we are working on is the human mind and cybersecurity. You can never enough train the, you know, the genuine user and you cannot, you know, so how do right. our cognitive, you know, biases impact our, you know, defense and attack decisions. So that right. is another, uh, you know, and here again, I do a lot of interdisciplinary work with the, yeah. uh, you know, with various kinds of people, including psychologists and uh, uh, yeah. Wow, well. that is that is fascinating. And you've covered a wide, a wide swath. It sounds like the research that you've done is is quite diverse. As, uh, I wanted to ask if there's a, a thread or a through line that kind of covers the course of your academic career. 
and maybe there's not because it sounds like it's been quite diverse. You know, you, is there an area that you've kind of focused on or specialized in? Actually, the underlying thread is, you know, how do we provide, you know, uh, security assurance through, you know, system analytics or data analytics. So that has been my kind of like the key thread, you know, either by analyzing, you know, large volumes of data, you know, can we uh, provide, you know, like uh, provide, first of all, you know, um, uh, security assurance or, you know, doing system analysis using formal methods. So these uh, are the two chain of thoughts. And we're also finding very interesting things that, you know, using analyzing large amounts of data, can we not only find uh, that there is, you know, an intrusion, but can we use that data to reconstruct, you know, some of the compromised things actually, you know, so, uh, so that is, you know, so assuming that an attack has taken place and some things have been compromised, can we recreate the compromised values through some other, you know, other, and we are getting quite interesting results in the area of heavy vehicles for that. Oh, that is so fascinating. All right, well, let's change our focus a little bit and let's talk about Colorado State University. If, if a student was interested in attending Colorado State University and they're interested in cybersecurity, what could they expect? What kind of educational opportunities could they find there? So a few things actually. Uh, so, um, so first of all, you know, the undergraduates, um, uh, so, in Colorado State University, cybersecurity is pretty much, uh, you know, is present in many of the departments. Like the computer science, of course, you know, we, we definitely, I would like to say that we are the leaders in cybersecurity, but cybersecurity is also covered in like, you know, uh, through the our systems engineering department, you know, who does heavy vehicle security and maybe energy security. It's also covered uh, by the electrical and computer engineering department. Again, they're in transportation security as well as you know biomedical engineering who are doing you know biosecurity as well as with the business uh, end of things like you know um the school, college of business also has you know how do we train the uh, you know the train the managers and the management professionals about cybersecurity issues supply chain so they also do so it is if anyone is interested in cybersecurity research colorado state university is the place Having said that, and also we give a lot of like, you know, undergraduate uh, paid research intern uh, internship opportunities for the undergraduate students who want to you know, specialize in cybersecurity. Okay. In the computer science department, we offer uh, in the, at the undergraduate level, um, you know, a concentration in cybersecurity. And uh, we offer many courses like, uh, you know, uh, quantitative security, then, uh, you know, hardware security blockchain, uh, you know, applied cryptography, modern cryptography, and then, uh, you know, through the math department, post-quantum cryptography, digital forensics. So these, um, these courses are um, uh, hardware security, all of these are offered. The College of Business has a, a program through the, which they, uh, at the graduate level, they offer a certificate in cybersecurity. Okay. And in the college of, uh, you know, in the computer science department, we are trying to come up with a certificate as well as specialized degree programs in cybersecurity. Okay. Uh, but one thing that makes us uh, different from the many other schools that you've studied, uh, looked into, is we not only give educational, but we also give research opportunities. So how do 
next generation of you know cyber cyber defenders what kind of systems should they design you know so kind of like training along those uh, you know what are the problems right now and if i'm building a futuristic system you know what are the things that we should have in mind got it okay um are there any projects that your students that uh, interesting projects that your students are working on that you're aware of yeah, so actually all these projects are, you know, the, the ones that the list of th topics that I mentioned, you know, in computer mm -hmm. science, we heavily work with the students. So there's a lot of students involved in all of these projects, actually. And uh, the range is from undergraduates to the postdocs. You know, some are interest, interested in the human mind, some are interested in, you know, deep theory. So all, yeah. all the students are kind of like, you know, involved in these projects. And the best part of being in cybersecurity, you uh, you can choose what you want to work on. So you're interested in, you know, automotive, you can work on automotive security. Yeah. You're interested in privacy, you know, you can work on, you know, making things uh, confidential and private and, you know, privacy preserving technologies. So whatever you're passionate, is, uh, you're passionate about, you know, we can frame a cybersecurity problem, you know, yeah. around. <laughs> that is interest. fascinating. I'm, I'm just enthralled with this idea of focusing on the human mind or the psychology, because as we all know, humans are the weakest link in our Absolutely. cybersecurity defenses. And if we could find some ways to, to help people figure out what they should and shouldn't do and stay out of trouble, I think that would go a long ways. Absolutely. That's, that's fascinating. Um, all right. So I, I want to make sure that we talk about the uh, skills gap in cybersecurity. So as a writer, I've covered this many times, and it seems to be a topic that comes up, up over and over again. So I would be interested in your perspective about, is there a skills gap for cybersecurity? And have you seen evidence of that in your work? And what impact is it having on, on the educational programs, if in fact that shortage exists? Um so in the, uh, you know, on the educational uh, front, you know, we try to equip them with the knowledge, but I, as part of my NSF IUCRC and I work very closely with the industry. So what I've heard from the industry people is that, you know, um, a lot of training is needed before, uh, you know, they can sort of, you know, work on their problems actually. And uh, part of the issue is that, you know, like, as, especially on behalf of the computer science, you know, we don't lay emphasis on one particular tool or technique, right? Because today's tool will become obsolete, you know, tomorrow. So what we try to do them is, you know, analyze the foundations and the fundamentals, and we do teach them, you know, some tools and techniques actually. Mm -hmm. But what the industry is looking for, okay, I want them to use these, 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 these tools right now, actually. Okay. And, you know, maybe some other, like maybe, maybe perhaps maybe the business school might be teaching them tools and things like that. But our job is like, you know, kind of like, you know, to give them foundation so that they can build, you know, the tools that will be needed tomorrow, actually. So that gap that you've been hearing, that is there actually. And um, the way I personally try to bridge the gap is, uh, you know, I try to get students through our undergraduates engaged with some industry. Mm -hmm. And we try to work on a project, you know, that is, you know, of interest to the industry, as well as has some academic benefit to it, you know, like they're learning stuff and, you know, come up with, you know, a more customized, uh, you know, kind of like plan actually. And that way, since they're working with the industry, you know, 
they will also give you some pointers and you know we teach them the theory and the industry also gives them some pointers and they get very a very more well-rounded educational experience as a result of which you know students who have been working with our group for six seven months you know they end up with very you know very lucrative job offers actually mm -hmm. and that has been working really well um but the individualized mentorship you know takes its toll uh, you know, I'm, I'm personally very committed to, uh, you know, cybersecurity as well as education. And, uh, you know, I don't have a life, to put it <laughs> finally. So I'm always playing this it's matchmaking just... game, you know, yeah. with the students' interest, with what the industry need is, with the funding agencies need, and, you know, kind of, you know, doing this kind of playing kind of this matchmaking game. And because students will be interested in what they love to do and sometimes they feel that the love is money but that's not really the case you know <laughs> they are oftentimes passionate about certain aspects maybe some are coding some are on the designing and some are you know so i try to you know sort of you know bring in cyber security and all of that and kind of you know train them well so that you know yeah. it meets everyone's needs so so it sounds like maybe the industry is kind of clamoring for trained people as soon as they can get them Absolutely. they're probably trying to persuade these people that right after they graduate come to work for us and and do you ever find yourself trying to push back there a little bit say well how about a how about a post uh, you know a, a a higher degree how about more education um and and sometimes like uh some of the industries are wanting higher degrees uh, that is another thing i've noticed you know even though if i say that this student is very good Sometimes they're saying, but, you know, he just has a bachelor's at this point. So I'm thinking that they, uh, you know, many of the industries are looking for uh, for higher degree. And actually, um, yeah, even P even PhDs and things like that, okay. you know, they, they are really, but there's such, That's good so to hear, because I think the, yeah, the perception kind of is that oh, they're, yeah. they're looking for people right out of high school to man their sock, right? That's what, what kind of the perception is. So it's good that that uh, there's plenty of opportunity who wants to plenty get people who want to get a higher levels. degree. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. All right. So here's kind of a fun question. Um, if you could put together a uh, a reading list for, cyber, for someone interested in cybersecurity, what would that look like, including books or papers or lectures or websites? Um, what would you steer people to? So I will not be able to give you a very, uh, so, um, so basically for textbooks, you know, I can give some recommendation, you know, the book by Matt Bishop, uh, you know, Dieter Goldman, William Stallings, these are, you know, these are the ones I would go. And because I'm in a more of an academic uh, setting, uh, you know, so uh, typically, you know, we, I tend to look at, uh, you know, conferences um cybersecurity conferences you know uh, mm, um, okay uh, you know like uh, um for light reading ieee security and privacy uh, magazine uh, is is kind of good and for you know for academic conferences like you know ieee uh, ieee symposium on security privacy usenix oh, security okay. as well as acm ccs those are you know um kind of like my recommended list okay yeah all right. Um, and, and I noticed you didn't mention some of the more commercial conferences like RSA and Black Cat and DEF CON. Yeah. And oh, DEF CON is a lot of fun. I mean, uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, definitely. They're not quite as studious, I guess, as, as the no, ones that you. 
but you know, it's, I guess, you know, it's my lack of time to be honest with you. It's just, you know, um, it's, but um, recently, I, you know, I had, but I've heard very, very good things about RSA, DEF CON and all these conferences. So have you, okay. Yeah, I, I did actually, but I've, since I've never personally attended them. There so you I, go. Well, that, and that's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. So one, one more question. We'll wrap up here. I, I'm going to ask you to, pull out your crystal ball and uh, kind of look into the future. So what do you think the landscape for cybersecurity will look like in, you know, five years or 10 years? And more specifically, what I'm trying to get at is what do you think students should be doing today to prepare for that future? So uh, let me uh, begin by giving you an, giving you an analogy, right? Mm -hmm. When you are building a um, house, you know, you don't go and you know you build a house and you don't you know break you don't bang on onto the windows and walls and you know see whether it's still standing or not right mm -hmm. and that is what is happening into the cybersecurity today you know so we have a product and people are doing pest pen testing and you know and trying to see whether it can be hacked mm -hmm. but um but so in other words, you know, the science of security is not yet developed. So that is the major challenge that we are facing because you know that, okay, if I have this wooden plank, can I place this concrete structure on top of it? You are not going to place it and see whether it's falling, right? You know, because of the properties of the system, because of, you know, of these relationships. But that landscape is not actually yet drawn out in the cybersecurity. So every company, you know, like, you know, Every company is unique, right? It has to be unique. Otherwise, it won't be uh, it won't be sustainable, right? I mean, you know, through the product they offer, through its supply chain. And right now, it appears that for every company that there is, you need a cybersecurity uh, professional to kind of analyze it and, you know, hack it and see, you know, what are the loopholes and things like that. So that's why, you know, but so clearly, until we reach the science of cybersecurity, we will need people like that, you know, who needs to actually test out your system and see whether there are, you know, any vulnerabilities or whether the interplay is causing any, you know, uh, can be exploited and things like that. But once we also need researchers who sort of understand, you know, the different properties of these different, you know, systems that are being put together and seeing whether, you know, any any bad things can happen, right? We can then formally analyze and say, okay, you know, this is like foolproof. So until the science of security is developed, you need a lot of, you know, hmm, hacking pen testers and things like that. But once people try to like, you know, lay down the properties, understand the interconnection and, you know, this system has property A, this system has property B, or this system also has property A, when I join the two, does property A still hold, you know, in very simple terms, is it compositional? So the question is, you know, we don't know these things as yet, you know. So or if I have A and property A and property B, when I join them together, you know, not only A and B, something else emerges. So that's mm. exactly what's happening. So, so kind I'm, of, a, and there's a term that's used in the industry, security by design. So it's kind exactly. of that concept, all that, I think that, exactly. that, that term is a little overused. Everybody says they have security by design, but that's kind of what you're talking about is exactly. let's build things yeah. secure from the ground up as opposed to trying to bolt on security and make them secure later. Precisely, precisely, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, and so as far as students kind of preparing for this future, I guess what they should learn to do is the science of security, right? Um, they, yeah. they need to be able to... It, those that have that interest, I guess, should be 
prepare themselves to be on the ground floor of building applications and, and systems that are secure by design and don't have some of the inherent vulnerabilities that we build with today. Exactly. And, you know, like, uh, just because, like, uh, another an analogy is like, you know, previously when you had this uh, camera, you know, not the not the digital camera, prior to the digital camera, mm -hmm. used to put it in some thought, you know, before taking a picture because, you know, it was expensive, right? right. <laughs> now you can just, you know, you take uh, any random pictures and you delete them. So in other words, you know, whatever you have to like sort of think, you know, is this going to, it's not just, you know, having a product and pushing it out into the market, you know, you should spend a little bit more time, you know, thinking about it and, you know, analyzing the interactions and, you know, so, so that would a little bit of more thought process and things like that will go a long way, you know, where yeah. security more involved, but business decisions that consider security as the business decisions, oftentimes they, they look at the product and what the result of the product exactly. is going to be, what the revenue is going to be generated. And, oh yeah, by the way, we want it to be secure, but maybe they need to talk about how it's going exactly. to be secure in the beginning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been absolutely delightful. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Uh, that's all the questions we have, and it looks like we're probably out of time. So thank you, Dr. Ray. I appreciate uh, your input. Uh, there's some fascinating stuff here, and I'm sure that our audience is going to enjoy it. So thank you. And uh, a thank you to our audience and our listeners as well for being with us. And please remember to subscribe and review if you find this podcast interesting and join us next time for another episode of the Cybersecurity Guide podcast.